You're tuned in to RX Radio. Movement prescribed. Brought to you by Prescript.com. A personalized approach to keeping you healthy and making your best even better. Your hosts, Dr. Jordan Shallow and Dr. Jordan Jinta. Okay, you thought about it, but... Oh, fuck. I thought about it, but I had to get too skinny, man. Yeah, because you had to be, even in teams, you still had to be one of the biggest CrossFitters out there. Yeah. What were uh, you weighing? What were you tipping scales at when you were doing CrossFit? 220, 225. At, what are you, like 5'8? Yeah. Fuck. You're a dense unit, man. Yeah, and uh, that was interesting to do. What was the hardest part about that? Um, running. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> breathing. But mostly breathing. Yeah. But what about the gymnastics stuff? Mm, well, I did gymnastics as a kid. Oh, no shit. So, so, yeah. Even though it was, like, young, like, young, young, like, 8 to 11, I still had the body awareness. I had the ability to lock out my elbows really strong. I knew how to get hollow. I knew how to, like, create length from, like, my toes to my hands to kind of cut out extra slack for, like, kipping and stuff. And so, like, it didn't take too long to pick up gymnastic skills. Like, once you learn that, you kind of don't really forget it. And um, and so, like, it just took a lot of dedicated practice. And for me, it was, like, figuring out ways to cram in volume without causing a lot of damage. Because if I could cram in volume, then I could kind of create tension through certain parts of my body and I figured if I could create tension through certain parts of my body, I would strengthen the muscles along those paths and kind of strengthen the tendons and ligaments and joints and movement patterns. And if I could do that and create a lot of volume through there, then that was kind of what I needed because I, I didn't, I, I had technique, but I needed to create strength because I needed, to, I needed my gymnastic, I needed to create gymnastic strength to handle my body weight. And maybe there's some gymnastic experts out there that are like, what the fuck is he talking about? But yeah. to me, logically, that was what makes, made sense in my mind. And so I ended up just doing, I had to drop volume on a lot of other stuff that used my arms a lot. And I had to basically use my arms primarily for gymnastic training. And um, obviously they got stronger, but... Uh, it ended up working out pretty well, and I was, you know, doing close to 20 and broken muscle-ups at, like, 220 or so. Because that was a huge weakness of mine the first year we did it, and I got bitched at a lot for that. And so I manned up and got my shit together, and the second year basically lifted, like, one day a week and did primarily gymnastics. and like. So who's, wait, who's bitching at you? Um, <laughs> Can you bitch at them when, like, the clean and jerk ladder comes up and be yeah. like, hey, bro, we're at 385. Where the fuck you at? Oh, yeah. good thing you got the muscle up, dick. <laughs> yeah. Fuck that. Yeah, yeah. So it kind of, it kind of, the bitching kind of, like, changed directions. Yeah. It was kind of like a, like a sniper with someone in their crosshairs, and depending on who fucked up, yeah. they got bitched at. 
But that, and that's the thing with CrossFit is it's so random, right? Yeah. Like it's it's an any given Sunday kind of like oh yep. fuck this like you could literally you could say that they could write the games for a specific athlete or a specific team yeah. in your case. Yeah, like, and it'd be really easy to bias it if you knew the athlete. Oh sure. <laughs> now do you think a lot of that goes on? Uh, it definitely has gone on. Yeah, for really? sure. Oh yeah. I mean, there's been times when they want certain favorites to place a certain way, and uh, you know. Oh, just so happens the last six to nine workouts are to be determined. Yeah, <laughs> just like wait, is is Fraser good at this? Or is <laughs> well, Fraser's good at everything. Um, yeah. Froning was good at everything, but people started to catch up with him. I think, yeah. and uh, he's a great guy. I've met him personally. He's a badass, phenomenal athlete. But um, I think even in his like last year in 2014, you know, that was a year I think he was pretty close to to not placing, and he even talks about that in the documentary that they put out. And then it just so happened, you know, the last like few workouts that came out were like in his wheelhouse, and yeah. he bumped, 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 bumped up the leaderboard with yeah. each one, and then landed in first. Whereas. Frazier in the last couple of years has been pretty fucking dominant. Now, where do you see CrossFit going? Because, like, it... It's I mean, I've, I've talked <laughs> to some, like, CrossFit, as they like to call, OGs, some CrossFit OGs. Yeah. And, it, man, like, coming from, like, kind of a garage, backyard yeah. background to, like... I don't know, the other year they were fucking riding bikes in Madison, Wisconsin, yeah. and now, like, with the whole upheaval of, yeah. like, the regionals thing, mm -hmm. what's what's the current landscape of getting to the CrossFit Games, yeah. and how do you see that progressing? Like, is so, it so I see a lot of the OGs, as you speak of, kind of getting phased out. There's a lot of people that were kind of there in, like, the golden age of CrossFit, I would say, like, 13, 14, 15, 16, that they're kind of past their peak age-wise maybe they're you know they're earning their early early mid-30s and um you know maybe some go to masters maybe you know some of the females have kids you know guys are settling down with their wives that sort of thing and so this this huge change is coming or it's came and the um the the you got all these this multitude of competitions all these sanctionals that are popping up and with that there's going to be um kind of i would say a new generation of athletes that pops up because yeah. a lot of the people transitioning don't really like it but then and it's really easy for someone like me who you know i'm 28 were i to say fuck it you know screw powerlifting and lose like 30 or 40 pounds and go back to crossfit i'm going to look at this new i'm going to look at this new kind of way they do things and i'm gonna be like man this isn't that much fun you know this is way too different i'm not used to it i don't really want to do it this isn't the crossfit i know yeah. There's a few athletes that'll make the transition successfully. Um, there's quite a bit that won't that won't like it. That'll say, you know, maybe regionals. They go to CrossFit six, seven, you know, games in a row, whatever. People like that that are used to regionals, and they they um, they do that, and uh, they don't really make the transition successfully. And maybe they're regular games athletes, and maybe they don't go this year. Maybe they don't like it. Maybe they decide to hang in the towel. And there's going to be people that start now that this is all they know and they're cool with it because they don't have anything to compare it to. Will this will this create a larger turnover rate of high-end athletes who are going to the games every year? Like, will you have these like household names like Froning, like Frazier, Thor's daughter, like because it's kind of like yeah. what, what the new, the new template is what right? Like it used to be you qualified in the open to open regionals, regionals regional, games, right. super simple, uh, now, very structured by CrossFit, and now it's just 
open and you can get a few people that qualify for you through there plus this really odd wave of all the people that and this may change in the future i think a lot of people hope they change this but you have this odd wave of people that win first place in the open for their country you know a bunch of you know nobody knows who these people are you know you got you know sam john doe qualifying from zimbabwe who might clean like 225 comparative to like the winner of the open in the u.s who's going to be like you know a top games athlete you got you know however many 50 or 100 people and then you have all the first second or whatever the qualifiers from the sanctional competitions who will be like games level athletes so they're they're kind of superimposing best in each country with like say you win wadapalooza yeah Okay, now, question. Do you think this is a potential strategy to get CrossFit in the Olympics? Uh, possibly, but they're kind of killing the popularity of it. The, the, the whole entire population that was really, really gung-ho on CrossFit, supporting the competitive nature, and that would have been you know, the people that would support this, are kind of all like butthurt. I would say. They're kind of all upset. Um, that they just did this because, you know, there's no regionals anymore. There is a whole population of people that were, that loved regionals. There are a whole population of athletes that kind of made their way being regional level athletes, you know, team, a lot of people like to go to regionals for a team, you know, it was kind of like the games for people that couldn't go to the games. And then you have a bunch of other shit that happened, um, you know, I know a few things. I'm sure there's a lot more, but all of the uh, staff members from CrossFit HQ got fired all at once. They all got nixed. So I can't. It, it's hard for me to say that you know they're they're using this to take a step forward in a certain particular specific like competitive direction when they just. It's like I don't know. Maybe if you take take five steps back to take seven steps forward. I don't know if that's their intention, but it it just kind of seemed like. Uh, kind of seemed like a money thing to me yeah. kind of seemed like you know someone in charge was like holy shit we're spending all this money i want to keep all my money and uh we're just going to do all this radical shit and you know try to find a silver lining to it <laughs> maybe there is maybe there isn't well i noticed that too when they started getting in with the gender stuff again i remember in 2014 like the lawyer for crossfit was like Listen, we're not being irrational. We're just having an understanding of 10th grade biology. That's almost a verbatim quote from the lawyer across it when asked about what's his... Oh, fuck. I'm going to fuck this up. What's his face? What's her face? You know who or he I'm talking about? Yeah. Right? The transgendered yeah. uh, male to female. Yeah. It's like, bro, it's like if I can't fucking run tests and go into the CrossFit games, this chick who had tested her like it's fucking bullshit yeah. but now it's it's like they had outwad last year yeah. and then they announced somehow they're gonna do this transgender thing and it's like dude yeah. and i look at that and i go all right that's a money grab the the overwhelming trend that i'm hearing now is that um there is a lack of uniformity to the competition and the qualification process now there's a lack of consistency between the different competitions that are ran um the drug testing policies they have and the competition standards, the judging, etc. Um, I know that all you have to do as a competition to become a CrossFit, sa like a sanctional event, is pay them 100 grand. No shit. It came yeah. down to the money again. Yeah. Go figure. Um, that's my impression. That's what I've been told by people who are still like pretty heavily involved yeah. is that you, you, pay, you pay money to get a label and then you do the rest of the footwork. 
What gets me is like, don't, because Glassman's on some fucking moral high horse, like he's fucking Mahatma Gandhi or Mother <laughs> Teresa. Like, he's trying to cure diabetes. He's like, look at you, you yeah. fuck. Like, how, how many beers you had today, homie? I don't give a shit if you ride your bike everywhere. Like, it's you're not saving the world. You don't even know what diabetes is, but CrossFit is going to be the answer. Like, come out and say, yo, I just want to make fat stacks. Don't yeah. fucking dress it up like you're fucking yeah. saving the world. Uh, yeah, you know? I, I wonder if he, uh, if he's had one too many beers and he's just <laughs> looking to buy his next mansion. <laughs> uh, dude, it drives me nuts, man. Yeah. Like, I, I would just appreciate the honesty. Like, come out, yeah. come over the top and be like, yo, we hemorrhage money at regionals. Yeah. We spend fucking 20 schmill at the yeah, games. Sure. We mm-hmm. don't make it back. I sure. want to make more bank, bro. Yeah. I'd be like, word, <laughs> word. Well, well uh, for a while now, I kind of... I kind of thought about it and like I competed pretty heavily. Yeah, we all competed pretty heavily and trained hard as fuck. And like I value that whole experience and what I learned from it. And I love CrossFit from a like a the general idea of it. But I knew that the people behind it and in charge did not give a fuck about the athletes. And that was probably one of my biggest concerns with the whole with the whole thing and how much work we were all putting in is that it was essentially there was no there was no like unbiased federation that was putting it on. You know, there was no like third party regulating it. It was essentially a monopoly and um, and that monopoly didn't really have any interest towards the athlete's well-being and that was evident that you know that was pretty evidenced by the trends in the programming at the games over the years you know watching these athletes go to the hospital for doing murph and that sort of thing and um just the general overall suck fest and the spectacle of watching people try to do more and more and more every year you know there was sort of this like like this weird Hunger Games vibe that came to it. It's just like, oh man, yeah, you're and, not gonna make it. Yeah, and it, and and me and me and me and my old teammate, shout out to Pierre. I know he's still grinding hard for that uh, that um, master spot, thirty five to thirty nine. But we used to joke about it, like when we were out there competing and shit. Um, and it wasn't as bad for teams, you know. We had it a little bit easier, you know, splitting the work and having breaks and stuff. But we used to joke about how Castro and Glassman were probably sitting up there counting their cash, looking at us all like, "Look what these fucking idiots are still doing. What we're still having them do." And they're they're running around there like circus animals, you know, just like sitting back and watching. Well, it had like a gladiator vibe to it, right? Yeah. Like Castro could have just been up there, just like like uh, what Marcus Aurelius, you just finish him, finish him with a ladder, finish him. It's just like whoa. Dude, fucking relax. You couldn't do half the work they're doing. Yeah, yeah. Or um fuck yeah, or just announce something that was completely heinous that he just like changed his mind on the spot or something. I mean, how much of that programming is just throwing shit out of wall? Like I just imagined like uh, there was a in Canada there's a there's a sports network that has an orangutan pick the fi- the Stanley Cup final. <laughs> it just spins a wheel. <laughs> Her name is Maggie. I think it was Maggie the monkey or something. And it just sits there and spins a wheel. And I feel like that's how CrossFit workouts for the games are made. Well, I, I know I, in the beginning, yes. But I know that once they got more time deadlines and things and there's more organization as far as like their schedule and they had a crowd and they were in a venue and things, they had to make sure that the workouts were finishable around a certain time cap because it takes time for the teams to you know get out and for the individuals to come in and they had to fit everybody in and the events they wanted to fit so they had to add some organization to the schedule and to do that they had to make sure the workouts were reasonable and so they did plan them ahead some of them were planned ahead of the time they 
they had the demo team. They had some demo indie athletes go out and, you know, test some of the events out. So he did have some kind of an idea, but it's still basically CrossFit. It's all still basically like a random compilation of, um, of just an assortment of movements. And they try to add a new thing every year or two, but you pretty much have like all of the basic like movements you can do that have been existing for a while in CrossFit and, uh, and usually the new movements they would add would be some sort of weird odd object. Cause that was the only thing they could throw in that like you couldn't do on a bar with a barbell, you know, that you, that was measurable. Like it's pretty easy to measure, push this fucking like makeshift bale of hay a hundred yards, you know, drag this thing from point A to point B, you know, that's pretty easy to measure. You can't, you can't say, hey, do, you know, 50 curls, and you have guys using hip momentum and stuff to try to get the bar to their shoulders, or you have people with, you know, bigger arms or smaller arms, their range of motion's different, you know. All of those movements you're taking, they have to be judgeable, and, you know, they're taking a part of your body and making sure it goes a certain, like, spot relative to another part of your body, or you're taking your arms and, you know, you're locking something out overhead from the ground, and you're moving something point A to point B, in order for uh, exercise to be used in that uh, that arena of competition, you have to like it has to be clearly like definable. You know. Now, now, what in this like clearly defined madness from a from a point of view of like okay, CrossFit is very successful company yeah. and is seen now as a sport by a lot of people. Sure. How much of how much of that forethought is what makes CrossFit successful, and then how can you compare that to powerlifting? Which is like, dude, we just came off crazy week. So for those of you who <laughs> obviously are not in the living room with me, Ian, and C, shout out C, um, we just finished up the U.S. Open, which was at one point in its brief history the the pinnacle of the powerlifting yes. competition. <laughs> I think the sun may have set on that gold standard as we saw this weekend with some shoddy shit that went down. <laughs> Super sketch. Um, but I, I guess like how can you contrast now your transition into powerlifting with your experience in CrossFit? Um, as far as like, you mean as far as like the competition aspect? Competition aspect, the culture aspect, the organization aspect, the money <laughs> aspect. Oh man. The um, subculture aspect. <laughs> well, uh, all right, powerlifting is a little more counterculture. You don't say. <laughs> Everybody likes to have purple hair across, uh, across all the, all the, the sports, except for maybe weightlifting. I don't know, but strongman powerlifting CrossFit, they're all like. They're all like their own version of counterculture and separating themselves from the norm. Um, power <laughs> CrossFit was kind of like high school. <laughs> I'm sorry, what we're living right now, not a little bit like high school? No. Dude, we're living with high schoolers with just a bunch of money. That's all it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, well, <laughs> well, most, uh, I don't know. I guess, uh, I guess CrossFit, um, the competition aspect of it, uh, it's a little bit, um, it's, I mean, it's still hardcore to an extent, but it's a little bit like, because it's a tested sport, you get people that are, you know, fake, super fake, yeah. a lot of fake people. I mean, there's fake people in powerlifting too, but, uh, you know, my experience in CrossFit, a lot of, a lot of fake people, you know, and then everybody who is, you know, on drugs is saying they're not on drugs. <laughs> and so there's that whole, there's that whole deal. What about too. camaraderie? Like, I found powerlifting, for the most part in most circles, to be a pretty, like, 
a pretty encouraging sport because there is that old adage yeah. of like, oh, it's you versus you. Even though I think that's a pussy way to look at it, yeah. but like with CrossFit, it's very much objectively you versus someone yeah. the fuck else, right? I, w- I would say in regards to camaraderie, um, powerlifting has more from my experience because it's an individual sport. But it's it's so objective, and strength is such a easy thing to see. Like you can look, you know, in, in CrossFit, it's still pretty objective, and if you compete against people long enough you can kind of get an idea who's going to do well but you still don't know who's going to essentially win or who's going to cut into two weight classes below (laughs) without anyone knowing like that wasn't totally bullshit yeah 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 so i mean crossfit like you don't obviously there's no weight class but you can kind of tell who's going to do good if you're knowledgeable enough about body types and people's overall abilities powerlifting it's like you know for the most part you have an idea if you know on social media if someone's posting you know their strength numbers or whatever you can kind of tell obviously this person will beat this person but yeah you do have the um the interesting circumstances where uh there's a little i mean i have noticed favoritism in crossfit before by certain uh Certain competitions may be being put on by certain home gyms and certain athletes are competing in those competitions that train at those home gyms. And maybe they may or may not have uh, heard about the workouts beforehand. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the six man exists in every sport, but I think that's just so blatantly obvious yeah. in strength sports. Yeah, but yeah, in strength sports, yeah, if, the, uh, if there's a favorite athlete training at uh, the gym that's putting on the competition and then they somehow get set up for success. <laughs> what a coincidence. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a thing, definitely. But, um, but no, I mean, I, I think, I think powerlifting, the culture of it and kind of the people evolved to an extent kept it like the nature of it, the athletes, the high level athletes, because the, the common man and woman sees the high level athletes and the common, you know, gen pop people who see high level CrossFit athletes, see people that are still relatively normal looking. They see these people and they say, wow, that person's really ripped, but like, they look how fast they can run look how they can swim look at all this other shit they can do like like i'd like i swim i run you know maybe i can be like them you know they still fit in normal medium maybe size large shirts Uh, but you see the average guy or girl you know they see a a elite power lift power lifter you know tested untested doesn't matter and um and they see these people and they say, holy shit. First off, the women, most of the women aren't going to look at the women and say, I want to look like that. Yeah. You know, except for maybe when they see people that look like Steph. That's why Steph's fucking awesome because she's convincing more people that you can be strong. You don't have to look like a man, you know, in your face or in your body. And then, you know, you see the guys. You guys, are, it's a little bit different, you know guys see a lot of guys see you know high-end powerlifters and they're like shit you know i want to be huge like that that would be awesome to look like dan green or larry wheels or whatever or ian daniel or yeah. ian the rhino <laughs> Fuck yeah yeah i'm kidding yeah it's, <laughs> it's, they're interesting um <laughs> hit him in the dm fellas <laughs> <laughs> no no sports medicine here <laughs> Oh, none shit. of that none of that we won't go into that no, no, but I, I, yeah i get what you're saying like yeah. the attainability because here's the thing it's like yeah i think it's like steph's obviously a rare case mm. but i think most guys and i almost had the same conversation with girls like oh, i don't want to get too bulky it's like sweetheart mm. let me slow you down <laughs> real quick i've been trying to get too bulky for about a decade <laughs> yeah. all right and it's the same thing with guys i think guys really don't 
don't understand going into a pursuit like powerlifting yeah. or bodybuilding or strength sports, like what exactly it's going to take to get to look like that. You don't trust me. You don't got it in you. But then you got this whole new generation of, of guys that are 20 to 30 that are just like, oh, I want to get lean. You know, I want to just look good in a bathing suit at the beach. Like, oh, they you don't want to fucking train legs mean, for that. No, you mean pussies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You can say <laughs> yeah, it. It's fine. You can say the word pussy on the podcast. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Do you think that's maybe just more of a sign of the times then? Like, uh, I think like it's definitely part expression. of that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I think... Uh, yeah, I think so. And um I think just the, you know that whole that whole aesthetic maybe isn't valued as much as anymore. I think that's a huge possibility, but you also got to consider, you know, the money behind powerlifting and the money behind CrossFit and how much one is getting blasted over the other. You know, you got uh Reebok who is behind CrossFit or was or is or who knows what the hell they're doing now, you know, they got sued or whatever, so who knows if nike's gonna take over god knows what but um you know you got mainstream brands that are behind crossfitters and crossfit athletes and you know their open reaches however many hundreds of thousands of people and it's one you know even though it is a monopoly it's one essentially one unified brand and now if that starts to split with all these sanctional events coming up who knows but there's one there's one unified brand you have powerlifting that has you know less money because it's, you know, less people do it, so there's less money. But there wouldn't be less money if there wasn't so many federations. You, you know, you have the, the the fact that there's however many, 20, you know, 10, 20, 30 federations that all have, you know, revenue. And were it to be like one or two or three, and they were able to like unify, which will never happen, of course. And You know uh, who should be the one federation? Instagram, Instagram. <laughs> fuck a WRPF, fuck a USPA, yeah. IG fed. That's it. Yeah, because it seems like that's the only reason people lift weights, anyways. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it does. But uh, if if there was a way to, um, if there was like, I mean, there would be people still even like in the in the CrossFit Open cheat like a motherfucker and that's online. Yo, how about that one dude? That Bachmeyer guy. <laughs> that Smashworks. I haven't talked openly about it. I dropped his name before. The guy who looped the video. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought that was pretty impressive to be honest. Dude, this he shoots pretty... all his shit on Instagram in like 7K and then he shot his fucking open video with a baked potato. Like, what is wrong with you, you fucking yeah. moron? I mean, honestly, that was pretty ingenious but the fact that you can buy fi- I was going to say if, if powerlifting was able to like make an online qualifier something but it'd be pretty fucking boring because you would just see three lifts but um i was gonna say between both of those it doesn't matter anymore because you can buy fake plates yeah Brad <laughs> Castleberry taught us yeah that. i can i can i mean in crossfit we would do online qualifier and you just have to video your plates and as long as it says 25 then you're good man but it's some <laughs> I, how much do you think social media has played into this like overall general weakness of the kids coming up beneath us Oh, very large. Like amount. even in powerlifting, dude. Like I've been around. I've been around it for I don't know five, six years yeah. now. And even in that short period of time, I've seen like, like from a popularity standpoint, mm-hmm. like I've like some of our closest friends are the strongest people in the world, yeah. hold world records. Uh-huh. But because their social revenue isn't too, you know, they're not filming every set. They're not filming every rep. They're not going going live at noon. Mm. They they don't get any money from it. Yeah. It's definitely changed the game, man. Um, it's changed a lot. 
I mean, I started trading when I was 12 when none of this shit existed. So, um, and then it started to exist as I kind of continued along and it's def the, the, you can still be good if, um, if you don't do shit on social media that doesn't detract from like your ability to train and put in work and be strong as a motherfucker. But social media is definitely like an overwhelmingly large differentiating factor on if you're going to profit from that or not. Do you think people worry about more about gaining followers and worrying about gaining kilos on their total? Some people, yeah. I mean, well, if followers equates to income and, and, you know, money allows you to live live better quality of life. Like, I mean, I don't like to say it because I like to, I, I'm all about kilos on the bar, but who's to say like, you know, if you're trying to build a fucking income and you don't want to work a nine to five, like, you know, where does that line draw? And I think different athletes kind of draw the line, you know, closer to the kilos or closer to the followers, or maybe they combine, they can do both. But I mean, I think that's kind of a personal decision. Has social media ever, li ever limited your ability to get strong? Mm, no, I don't think so. I think it's pushed me to get stronger because uh, I don't like to compare myself, but I see what other it's I don't compare myself, but it's given me an idea of what more people my weight can do. So it's given me an idea of like where I would need to be if I wanted to be respected. And so so, you know, I don't I'm not naive enough to 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 think that I can, you know, be a world record holder or anything by any means, but I think that I can get in that that ball game kind of yeah. like, and that's always a conversation right like you want to be a lifter's lifter yeah right you want to be able to go into the cage and then someone to be like yeah fuck yeah man yeah like, you know i i would rather be able to walk into the animal cage and know everyone there by first name than yeah. to walk outside and have a line of people who i never want to fucking talk yeah. to in my life waiting for me yeah yeah because I, I would rather i would rather uh build respect through like through doing shit and, you know, building people up and that sort of thing, as opposed to, to you know, taking videos of myself running around screaming, doing obnoxious shit in the gym. And Crushing beers on your head, making music videos, <laughs> just to name a few hypotheticals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, doing shit, just, just, as opposed to just doing completely ridiculous shit. I mean, when I was 15, me and my friends made jackass videos, but I'm 20 and I kind of grew out of that phase. Yeah. Well, I think it's just about having, like, like, have an impact, man. Like, yeah. if you can... If you someone come up to you and be like, man, I started lifting weights because of you, you're yeah. like, holy shit. Like I, really? like, I value that, you know. I, I've, I've always kind of valued building people up, so to speak, you know, just from playing sports, you know, at a, at a younger age. And, you know, being in class and seeing people, you know, bullied and shit like that always kind of stuck up for the for the smaller men. I, th I always thought that, like, I would like to be in a position where I was, where, like, my words could have an impact or me doing something could have an impact maybe. Cause I think like when, when God, if, if I like around that age, like around that like, kind of impressionable, like teenage age, like had I had that, like something to kind of focus on. Cause I didn't have any role models or anything. Like I, like I, like, I think I just kind of like did what I thought I wanted to do. Like, I kind of like pushed myself in the direction I thought I needed to be. But if I, I feel like if I was like, I had a few maybe, but if I, if I had like an idea or something I wanted to shoot for or a way to like carry myself, like, you know, without having to fucking figure it out over like 10, 15 years, like that would have been super valuable. So like, I think, I think kind of nowadays, like 
it's really easy to be like shitty and you know shitty person for the gram and stuff but i think that like there needs to be like more respectable people and respectable lifters and like classy lifters and stuff not necessarily like boring people afraid to speak their mind but like you know people that that are are competing you know and kind of upholding a higher standard as far as like not being an asshole <laughs> is it people that like you look up to now in the sport who are yeah like someone you'd look at now and be like that's what powerlifting should be sure okay um um i'll throw steph in that yeah. uh you know she's she's young but i think she carries herself well despite a lot of hate she gets um i think dan's one of them uh he 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 doesn't have a whole lot of words but i i you know i respect that he doesn't you know talk a big game he, when he competes he just competes and he you know he puts his money where his mouth is um and I'm trying to think of other people i mean i like yuri because yuri doesn't talk yuri doesn't post his training he just goes out and fucking kills it and walks off like no big deal yeah um you know now what he speaks in russian to his buddies i don't know yeah. <laughs> did i ever tell you the story about him uh we boss it was boss of bosses three uh, we had a friend of ours who spoke Russian, and Yuri came up to him like right before third attempt deadlift, and was like, and he went up to Zandi and said something in Russian, and everyone was like, "What the fuck did he say, Zandi?" He said he asked for Dr. Pepper. <laughs> We're like, "What the fuck? What kind of like from Russia with love hat?" Like everyone's like speculating, like, "What's he gonna do? Like he's gonna shotgun it? Like he's gonna pour it on his face? Like what's going on?" He puts it on the fucking floor. And he dips his feet in it because the syrup is going to make him stick to the carpet better. Russia, motherfucker. Dude. 25 <laughs> years ahead. Just <laughs> any little edge. But, dude, I fucking dig it, man. Because yeah. that mindset permeates that. every single part of his training. <laughs> whatever it takes. Yeah. Whatever edge I can get, he will do. And you know what? With him, what what separates like Yuri, I think, from almost anyone else in the world is sometimes what it takes is stepping away from the barbell. Yeah. Right, and like you hear 100%. like these folklore stories of like the like Russians, in regardless of sport, but like in powerlifting especially, like they'll finish up a meet and they don't touch a bar, they don't, they just yeah. they, they chill the fuck they just out, go live their life. Yeah, they're like three, four months yeah. off, like go hang just, out with their family or something. Yeah, and you'll never see that. Yeah, yeah. And then it's like that's discipline. You want to talk discipline? Discipline isn't fucking hashtag no days off, yeah. man. Discipline is like. We, I, I didn't train today, yeah. but like it was on my feet. We were at the meet. We were kind of doing our thing, helping out staff. And, but like, you know, at the end of the day, I was like, fuck, you know, I wouldn't mind working out, but it takes discipline now to not work out. Yeah. And it's like people now that it with, you know, oh, I got to like post a fucking top set on the gram. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, that's what they're beholden to. So they're not disciplined to really do what it takes. <laughs> yeah. hundred yeah. percent. I, uh, I'm guilty. I came back and it worked out a little bit. You motherfucker. <laughs> But here's the thing, man, like, and I kind of want to dive into this, like your style of training is so different than everyone else at your strength level. Like your work capacity and your output is so much further along than any other, like your numbers are on par with mine. Uh We're the same numbers. I think you, you you would definitely out bench me now, but it's like, well, we're what? Seven, uh, seven fifty squat. Uh, roughly probably i I haven't tested my i haven't i've repped close to my max lately okay i've repped close to my meat pr from a while so you're knocking on the door of a 2k total yeah but what's like your best 5k time 
Like, um, what's your vertical jump? Like, what are you? You have such these. Like, yeah. tell the story about your first seven hundred pound deadlift. Um, what did you do right before that? <laughs> so I rode ten k, and then I did my uh, my like six eighty something sumo with very shit technique. That was like a wide stance clean pull. <laughs> but after well, how we're running for ten k, rowing ten thousand for an hour. It was an hour. It was about an hour of intervals. Yeah. If I have to drive to the gym and it takes me an hour, I'm not pulling <laughs> seven hundred pounds. If I row for an hour, I'm going to the hospital next. Yes. Yeah, so like that's like some <laughs> fucking castaway shit. So I, yeah, I, I I talked about this a little bit in another podcast, but I think because um just the intense nature of all of what we did for so long, day in day out, every single day, regardless of whether you felt shitty or you felt good and if you felt shitty you were doing just doing something that was like less impact and less like demanding of the cns you weren't touching a bar you were just running eight eight hundreds um just the the insane nature of that kind of like i think it kind of permanently changed me to an extent like physiologically i think uh that kind of stimulus multiple times a day throughout the day for like two three years straight probably grew you know new capillaries you know my heart's stronger have an excessive amount of muscular endurance um body awareness just gymnastic whatever it all kind of translates and i mean i don't i don't think i think if i tried to push something i could come close but i wouldn't be like i think when i was around 220 or 225 and i had probably like a 1700 total or so just without really training for it i was running like a six and a half minute mile and Rowing like uh, like a sub seven two k like probably closer to like a six forty two k and doing like twenty muscle ups and squatting two twenty five for a hundred and like doing all that stupid shit I um I think I could probably come close to some of those things but it would just affect me like a lot more. <laughs> so I think the biggest thing with you and I've just come off I'm actually halfway through this book called Endure by Alex Hutchison okay. and it's like you talk about capillaries you talk about muscle you talk about all this physiological crap dude I've trained with you. It's between your fucking ears. Dude. You're out of your fucking mind. I think it's no. I think there's something to be said about the psychological adaptations of being able to endure pain. Yeah. You are a fucking glutton. It's just like where like I'm thinking in my head like, all right, he's got like one more. And I was like, all right, that was like fucking two minutes ago. He's done like 30 more reps. How much of CrossFit's preparation for your current level of strength do you think comes from psychological endurance? Or where else in your life do you draw psychological strength from? Oh, God, that's a rabbit hole. Come on, bro. This is what it's all about. <laughs> Love it. I uh, uh, I got a lot of skeletons in the closet. <laughs> but do you, do you think a lot of people who perform at, I mean, I know where I have to go in my head sure. to do shit. Like, I know when third attempt comes on, sure. I know exactly the closet in my brain I got to go into. <laughs> yeah. It's not good. It's got cobwebs so, on it. Yeah. So I, I feel like the, the couple of years before powerlifting that we did all that really painful stuff, I think that it desensitized me to pain. I think I kind of like, you ever watch Dragon Ball Z? I'm familiar with it only because this has to be some inextricable link to the culture. What did you go nine thousand or something? Whatever so, the fuck. So, so Goku goes to Super Saiyan level oh one, God, and virgins. everybody's like, "Holy shit!" And it's like the new level. And then a circumstance comes up, and it and it pushes him. He has to go to Super Saiyan level two to deal with it, and then three, then four, then five, then six, and there's all these like extra levels, right? So, so I look at that, and I think of that as far as like pain tolerance and pain threshold, and and I can think of specific events and times where where I've kind of like uh, maybe I reached a certain level, 
and I thought, fuck, like this has to be it, you know, like this has to be. But like, is this just pain and training? Uh, pain. Do these thresholds exist outside of the barbell? Because when I'm uh, listen, like when I'm, go, I go to fucked up places and situations in my head that have nothing to do with training. Yeah, is okay. all that just endurance from fucking running Murph or doing the wad or whatever the fuck you do in CrossFit? No, no, no. Because you're an ag- like best way to describe Ian Daniel before he hits <laughs> a barbell <laughs> is the Ed Norton version of Hulk, <laughs> where they're chasing him through the factory like all the Hispanic dudes. <laughs> And then he's trying to like get his heart rate down, and then all of a sudden the eyes go green, and then there's just a fucking forklift that flies across the room. <laughs> That's Ian when he trains. Oh gosh, yeah, I try to be pretty pretty nice all the time. <laughs> yeah, but dude, there's like 45 seconds where you're not a good person. <laughs> I, uh, I I admit I've been seeing a psychologist lately, and he did call me a pressure cooker. <laughs> Well, it's a good thing you got the gym, man, because I wouldn't want to be there. I don't want to be there when that thing pops on a belt squat, let alone like at the grocery store if some bitch doesn't take your coupon or something. He said I was the nicest pressure cooker you ever met. <laughs> but um, but no, nah, it's not all from CrossFit. Yeah. <laughs> um, we could, uh, do you want nah, me to go? No, no, no. I mean, I don't want to push too hard, but I just think, I think it's good for people to realize that like, you know. We got problems. And yeah. then a barbell's a good way to get them out. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, it's definitely, and it's it's tough now, man. It's tough. I think that's probably why you guys see what you see is because sometimes all I have is accessory, and maybe I get two days a week that I can go full force at a bar. And even then, sometimes it's, like, tapered. And that's probably, like, one of the toughest things that I've had to kind of grasp in powerlifting is that I can't just fucking let it out like every single day. I, I have like these couple of days a week that I just get to look forward to <laughs> as far as like training and that sort of thing goes. What would you, where would you be if you didn't have barbell? <laughs> like chair. what prison cell <laughs> would you be in? Dude, it's got to go somewhere, man. I would, I, would, uh, I would probably go to an island <laughs> or something and just live peacefully. <laughs> I, I'd go grow some vegetables and like raise some chickens or something. Yeah, you <laughs> couldn't be go. amidst the general public. No. <laughs> I yeah, I, I yeah, and and so so I uh, I attack my accessory work pretty hard. My physique benefits because of it. <laughs> how much? Um, how much do you worry about actual competition, or how much do you just focus on like your daily training? Uh, I don't really worry about competition a whole lot. It's Com- just a summation of the work you do. Yeah, I, I don't worry about it a whole lot. I mean, I haven't, only the last two times I competed, I wouldn't even really call them competitions. The cage wasn't really a competition. It was just like a, a fucking opportunity is what I would call it. <laughs> and then the time before that, the, the deadlift meet, that was just another, I guess, opportunity or chance to like lift in front of people. And and the last time I competed was almost a year ago, like nine months ago or so. Boss of bosses and like um, competition for me is just uh, it's just a way for me to throw the middle finger up at a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> that's all it is for me. I mean, and that's just it's a nice you know focal point. And it's a nice motivator and stuff. But like I kind of value my day to day a little bit more than that. I would say, and I don't feel the need to compete super often. You know, uh, uh, this shit for me is more so a way for me to like kind of throw up a finger at all my demons and say like "fuck you," I'm still here, kind of thing. Do you ever? Does that itch ever get scratched? Oh yeah. <laughs> but for how long? Uh, 
I don't know until I get pissed off again. <laughs> so we're talking like twelve hours, twenty-four hours. <laughs> maybe like uh, maybe like seventy-two hours. Seventy-two hours. All right. So if you want to ask Ian for shit, you got like a day and a half, two days after a workout. That's probably what he's real nice. <laughs> now you got meets coming up. Uh, well, I might have one coming up in like a month or so. Just okay. depends. Right. I uh, I'd like to. We I like to um I'd like to show my face a little bit. Uh, at our meet maybe we'll see so it's a hybrid june 1st yeah yeah and 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 i apologize if uh the couple of people i talked to are listening to this that i said i for sure wasn't going to do this i've been feeling better and it kind of feels like something i might want to jump into so if i show up we'll say hey and we'll throw down and 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 it's not some underhanded shit this isn't the u.s open right now yeah <laughs> well hey no he's not gonna cut into like the 181s and eat someone's lunch or no. cut into 181 no no i might just i might i might just uh i might just not eat breakfast and weigh in at 242 because i'm like 244 right now <laughs> Do you think it'll be a powerlifting for like? Is this the end of your barbell career? Like, is, will you transition into anything else? Obstacle course race. <laughs> I definitely won't transition. Do a color weight. run. I definitely won't transition into weightlifting. That's for sure. Um, probably not strong man, um, because I just don't want to fucking be in that much physical pain. Yeah. As far as like being hurt and achy and beat up and stuff. Um, yeah, probably, man. I don't really see anything else that I'm going to do. Like, this is kind of the pinnacle of strength. I mean, is, I don't, you know, some people could argue, would argue, but I think it is as far as like absolute strength. There's no movement that I'm going to lift more weight on than like some of these movements, except for maybe like a yoke in strongman but to do strongman you have to do all the other shit too and i don't want to do that <laughs> yeah well it's just a size game right like yeah. it's really hard to scale and yeah. there's not an aesthetic component to strongman yeah. like half he's sure he's 200 kilos with abs but he's yeah. a freak and yeah. everyone else is just like bro do you even lift oh you do lift airplanes okay yeah. all right i honestly i couldn't I, it could have gone either way with you bro i don't really uh, i find myself building on this i like the pace um I like the pace. I like the training volume. I like the balance that it, it's kind of helped me get get more balance in the rest of my life. I can kind of focus on work. I can travel. I can you know competitions are year round. There's no like specific competition season. It just kind of depends on like what athletes you want to compete against and when. And you got to kind of find out who's doing what, and then just like put yourself in that place if you're good enough. Um, what do you not like about it? Oof, what do I not like about it? Um, the variance between the amount of drugs that some athletes do and some athletes don't, because I do value my health. Yeah, and uh, you know that kind of sucks if you value your health, but you also value high level competition. But like, you know, I'm not someone to complain about that. Um, if I know what I'm getting into, that's just the way it is. Then it's just the way it is. And there's some, you know, if someone wants to sacrifice five, ten years off their life for you know, to be the best they can, you know, the best in their sport for a limited amount of time, then that's their choice. And if I'm not willing to do that, then, you know, I can hang out, you know, 10 places below them on the rankings and, and you know, and I can enjoy the, you know. Do you think, do you think there's a turning of tides where health is becoming more important with some prominent like bodybuilders and all that, like kind of going down in the last couple of years or to contrast, do you think that it's potentially getting worse with the echo chamber of social media and the importance of being like just fucking ridiculously strong? I think you have uh, both of those things happening simultaneously. I think you have different parties that kind of understand that, like, 
you don't have to do all that and you can still be good. And that's as evidenced by, you know, some lifters we know who, you know, take that approach. And I think you have the opposite where there's the people that, you know, see the money and the fame by having, you know, amazing, strong rip physique or whatever and think that, you know, bigger dose is the, uh, the kind of the answer. And, uh, and, you know, they'll wreck themselves and there will continue to be, you know, the, the Dallas McCarvers and people like that, that, you know, take that route. And then you're going to have also, you know, people that are like, you know what, you know, I can still compete and be healthy and that sort of thing. I don't think it's going to be a one or the other. Yeah. I think it's hard too. Cause like, I feel the people that get pushed towards like just heavy doses of drugs as a consequence of the social media, media echo chamber, people who just as bad as it sounds maybe don't have anything else to offer, right? Yeah. Like from a value standpoint, you can build, you can be funny on the internet and make money, yeah. right? Like I know some of like the most successful people I know, even in the fitness industry, dude, like 180 pounds, 185 pounds, like not that strong, not that, but good personality, they're in shape, they offer yeah. good content, all that crap. So it's like, if you know, before you go up a CC, maybe it's like, pick up a book, <laughs> maybe two. Yeah, but yeah. it's it's yeah it's, it's a it's a tough sort of like positive feedback loop where it's like if this is like you said earlier like this is how you get paid yeah it's like wait more trend equals more money what <laughs> <laughs> who well, the fuck you got guys like you know Larry doing one arm deadlifts with six seventy five and shit and you know it's really easy to see that and make a make a short judgment on you know how to get there before you realize that he's just a genetic freak and that no matter what you can't get there <laughs> but it, and getting there and staying there are two totally different things yeah. so now what single arm 700 pound deadlift <sighs> like if your only answer in progression is just work harder you're in the wrong place yeah because that's that'll you'll burn out man and you see it i feel like the turnover rate at the top now is so quick yeah. Like fucking Eddie held the helm for fucking like 20 years. Yeah. It's only now that people are catching up to his numbers. Like what changed? It's like people are going to do whatever the fuck it takes to try and knock off. Like how many world records have changed hands in a... I remember, dude, like the 242s. Like uh, Herbie, T. Popola, Dan, and someone else. It was, like, it was like it was getting passed around at a party, bro. Uh, yeah. Like in like six months. And it's like you never saw that before. Yeah, you're going to have, you know freaks that continue to push and push and push and push these records higher and higher and then and then you know once they get pushed so high i feel like it's going to be like you know the only people to break them are going to be like the single lift freaks you know the people that just have an insane leverage for like one lift like a deadlift person like a kaler or yeah. you know or um what's his face bench guy bench guy yeah strickland no j-ho the hornstra yeah, yeah, you know, you're gonna have like him on bench, and then you're gonna have you know insane squatters in certain weight classes, and they're gonna be the ones to push these numbers up. But um, I look at it, man. I look at it all, and I look at records, and I look at things like that. And, and you know, if you're capable of pushing a record, that's fucking amazing, and that's that's a statement to the to the feat that the human you know feats that the human body can do. But I look at all this thing, and I kind of look at the bigger picture, and. I think, you know, in the long run, and I, you know, I, I've made a post recently talking about regrets and that sort of thing. And my big thing is wanting to, like, after it's all said and done, I want to look back at it and I want to be satisfied. I want to look back at it and I want to say I achieved a level that I respected out of myself and knew that I was capable of. And I set the goal and I achieved it. And world record or not, like, whatever the fuck that ends up being, you know, whatever my best total in my life ends up being, like, that's where kind of the all the respect thing comes back in. Like, I want to know that, like, 
in my prime, like I was respected and I could, you know, fucking shake another dude's hand and, and, you know, he value it as much as I value it kind of thing. Yeah. That's the honorable death, man. Yeah. Right. We all want to go out on our seal. It's yeah. like the 300 thing. <laughs> it's like you want to beat an adversary that can eventually kill you. Yeah. Cause yeah. up until that point, it's like, you're not really trying. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I think that, you know, if I can get there and walk there for a while and like be confident in myself and like satisfied, you know, with that experience that like, I think that's really all I'm after. That's all I was really after when I was doing CrossFit is just to prove I could do something and hang out there for a little while and leave on my own terms. Yeah. And I think that autonomy is something that people don't afford themselves. They don't yeah. put them in a situation where they can leave on their own terms. Yeah. Right. You see them, you see them grasping at straws to try yeah. and stay like quote unquote relevant. Yeah. But relevant is just, you're trying to stay strong. Yeah. Yeah. I agree, man. I agree. Um, I think that, uh, I think that it, it's important to um to know you know when you're when that kind of that time has passed i don't see anything wrong with trying to like stick around but i think like i think people just how do i word this i think people just need to um kind of kind of accept you know when uh, I think it's an identity thing. And yeah. I think that's the problem. And I think it's the same problem that people have when there's like, if the only answer is drugs, it's because why? Because you're a powerless kid. Yeah. What the fuck is that? It is, I mean, it is an identity thing. I, but I think that like people need to, I'm trying to grasp at that idea, man. But these, uh, those gummies. <laughs> <laughs> this is totally going up, by the way. But no, it's the idea of like, I mean, it's any sport, right? Like they, you, you age out or whatever, like you, yeah. you, you retire and it's yeah. like, if you were a hockey player, if you were a football mm -hmm. player, that's who you were, yeah. right? Where it's like someone's like, oh, like, what do you do? It's like, I still feel uncomfortable in a warm-up room. Yeah. I was in a warm-up room for the past two days in a powerlifting meet. A meet I've done before. Yeah. And I would still look around and go like, what am I doing here? Yeah. I feel so, like, I feel like if you lined all of us up and went, okay, which one of these ones is not like the other one? I feel like I'm out of place. I look around and I see myself in pictures and I go, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, I'm another fucking bald white guy with a beard or whatever. It's yeah. like, but it's not my identity. Like, I'm never a power lifter. Yeah. So I never will cling to this as an identity. Yeah. I think that's a big problem. Yeah, that is a huge problem. And, and, and that's been, that, that's been another thing that I've kind of faced with the transition from CrossFit to powerlifting was, leaving one sport and kind of having that dead period while I was kind of figuring shit out. And like, I remember just like how lost I felt, you know, after, after the games one year and like, it was actually after the first year and before we went back again and it was like, you know, a week or two after and going from that, like build up to that insane high. And then, you know, it's gone in the blink of an eye and you, you come back your, to your house the next day and like nobody's training, you know, the group text message is dead. There's no, you know, team, there's no fucking this or that. And it's like, shit, like, what do I do? It's just kind of like a, like a dead silence for a week. And you just kind of like wander around and like go through the motions and you're like, okay, uh, I just literally dedicated every ounce of my being to this thing now. Like we did it. And who am I now? <laughs> Do you ever see that coming from powerlifting? Yeah. I mean, if, if you're an athlete and you're a standout athlete and you have what you believe is going to be your best performance, you know, you hit that world record, you hit that six or 700 Wilkes, or you hit whatever, like, you know, you hit, you hit that pinnacle and, you know, it, it's tough in powerlifting because you can always, you know, 
the goal is always more, more, more. And, and that's probably why it's so easy for people to keep chasing that again and again, because like, who's to say you can't come back and you, you know, you do it again, but like, you don't really know when your pinnacle is, but I think, I think it would be, I think it would be healthy for a lot of people and good for a lot of people to set a goal, regardless of that, whatever, whatever that goal is, or if they reach it or they don't reach it, but like set like a reasonable meet or a reasonable number, you know, and I think, you know, I think it would help if they did that and they said, you know what, like that's my end goal and everything else is fucking icing on the cake. You know what's coming, right? What is it? What's the end goal? What's the number? Um, what for me? For you. Yeah, no, for fucking C. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah, man. I, um, well, I, I look at it this way. I, I, I look, you know, when you first entered into the, enter the sport, what did you want to do? And, and when I first entered in, without knowing jack shit about powerlifting, I said, you know, just like a dude saying, fuck, I'd like to bench 315. Yeah. I thought, okay, it'd be great to, do 2000 pounds <laughs> like yeah, that'd so be two, cool so 2k is the number yeah like that would be cool like i look at that i remember going to boss of bosses and i remember them calling people up to the stage and saying can we call up all our 2000 totals and it was like 20 guys yeah and everybody else just sat in their chairs you know <laughs> and uh i think regardless of weight class if you can do that you know you're a strong motherfucker and you can call yourself strong and like how how you got there is a combination of three balance lifts or two good ones and one kind of lower one or one really fucking insane one and two other ones that are kind of eh, yeah. you know like you're strong one way or another and doesn't matter if you're 300 pounds 250 pounds 200 pounds like you can do that you're pretty strong and so like i would like to do that and you know to say i've done it and like i don't really i'm not obviously probably not gonna stop after that but like if I were to do that, I think I could just kind of walk around and not really, you know, if yeah. I wanted to, I could. You can hang your hat on that, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I could say, hey, I went to the games twice. I lifted in the cage. Got a 2K total. Like, fuck with me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think anyone would take you up on that <laughs> offer. No. All right, man. Well, I've, I've robbed your time for enough, um, or I've robbed enough of your time. So I appreciate you. Appreciate you coming on. Yeah, no problem, man. T taking the time out from the madhouse that is above us. Um, so we'll get back to the nefarious activities and, um, yeah, <laughs> we'll get you on after that 2k total. Yeah, later guys. Yeah, man.